Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. We are finishing up our series, Foundations, um, Building a Faith That Lasts, and we want to talk about our value, we're better together. Um, that, that's why I love what John and Krista Holland said, is, is that, man, it, it's just a great testimony to see connect groups in action, to see the church in action, because Foundation Church, here's the truth. Um, we are at a size now that there's no way I can be there and our staff can be there for everyone. I can't be at every hospital call. Um, I can't be, I, I, I didn't even go see John and Krista. I didn't even know if their connect group had it covered. And so there's no way I can do every hospital call, every wedding, every funeral. There's just no way. We've grown too big, too fast for me to do it all. But here's the great thing. I'm not called to do it all. I know that. I know I'm not called to do it all. That's the job of the body of Christ to be there for one another. And that's what we want to talk about because if you're going to have a foundation that lasts, man, you've got to do it with other people. You've got to do it within the body of Christ that he has given us because I truly believe in our, my heart of hearts that we are better together. And I think when you're born, you, you know you need other people. Man, there's something born deep inside of you that you know you have a desire for to have relationships with other people. And so how does that happen? How does that come about? And what's the need for it? And so as we get into this, I've got way too much to cover today. My sermon's about eight pages long. Usually they're about three to four pages long. So I'm not going to get to it. I'm not going to try to fit it in. Relax, right? Like, I want a popsicle. Um, you're going to get your dang popsicle. Um, um, and if you're just looking today, I've had some people already comment. Um, I totally hulked out of this, this first service. Um, I had a wardrobe malfunction like Janet Jackson, so just thank God for undershirts. I'm just saying, or you'd be distracted and not get anything out of this message. Anyways, um, <laughs> I'm about to go off on a tangent, and I need to stop. Um, today, <laughs> I want to talk to you before we get into this whole thing about lies that come with isolation, uh, lies that come with isolation. I really wanted to call it illusions about seclusion, but it wasn't biblical even though it rhymed um, because Jesus secluded himself all the time. But there's a difference between secluding yourself because that's a moment of time and isolating yourself. Um, because isolation becomes a habit. And so what are some of the lies we buy into when it comes to isolation? What are some of the things that are keeping us 
from engaging in community and relationship with those that are around us within the body of Christ and within the church. The first lie I would say is this. You say to yourself, I'm the exception to the rule. Right? I'm the exception to the rule. I, I say, you know, you're better together, and you would say, no, 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 I'm best alone. I am a, a high-flying eagle, right? I am a lone wolf, um, however it makes you sound tough. No, you're not. No, you're not. And, and you want to listen to the lie. I don't need other people. I'm strong enough. I'm tough enough. People that need other people are just weak. No, no, you're just listening to the lie of isolation. Um, when we went to Jackson Hole and we were hiking around, around, the word I tried to say was around, around the Grand Teton area, um, every hike we went on was gorgeous, but there were bears everywhere. Um, that rhymed. Um, there were bears everywhere. And um, so anytime we would go on a hike and a trail, you would see this sign. It would say, be bear aware. Um, and so for me, I'm like, that would be kind of cool to see a bear. Like, I, I, I think that. And Casey is like, this would not be cool to see a bear. We need some bear spray, Justin. Buy some bear spray. I'm like, Casey, that's $60. And you got this. Right? Like, I bust out of my own shirt in first service, and I break the buttons between my pecs. I mean, like, a bear would not dare, Casey. A bear would not dare. And so, um, and so we go hiking the first two days, and we're, we're hiking along. And one of them, is, it's a hike to Phipps Lake, gorgeous hike, and there's bear poop all over the trail. And Casey starts clapping her hands every 30 seconds. And she goes, she's going like this, and she's going, woo, bear, like that, and not making this up. Woo, bear, I'm like, Casey, stop it. You're ruining the solitude and the serenity of this hike. All right, we're not getting attacked by a bear, are we, right now? And I'm like, Casey, a bear would not dare, right? And here's, <laughs> I heard a great joke, um, real quick, great dad joke, um, said, do you know the difference between a black bear's poop and a grizzly bear's poop? A black bear smells acidic and has berries in it. A grizzly bear smells like bear spray and has bear bells in it. Um, and I was like, that's fantastic. Because I was not gonna be that little wussy loser that had bear bells. And if you have them, we are glad that you're here. We want you to come back. We're not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. But we're on that whitewater raft I talked about last week. And our guide's like, bro. Like, he was, she was like, he didn't buy any bear spray. Like, tattling on me like a teacher. He's like, bro, you need some bear spray for the bear's sake, okay? Because if he kills you, then we've got to kill the bear. And that's not fair to the bear. I'm like, you smoke too much pot. Shut up. <laughs> like, really? It's really your fault that the bear attacks you. No. Bear would not dare. Anyways, um, but, but here's, the, here's the danger of it. Is one of the biggest reasons that attacks happen is you hike alone. And all the things that you'll read on hiking, especially in that area, says don't hike alone. It's an unnecessary risk that you shouldn't take. Can I tell you that what is true of hiking in the Grand Tetons is true of life. Don't do life alone. It's an unnecessary risk that you were never meant to take, that God never designed for you to take in the first place. In fact, it says this in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine through 12, it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Not compete with one another, not talk about one another, but they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Someone who falls alone 
is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? And check out verse 12. I love this verse. A person standing alone can can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. It doesn't say survive, right? It says they can stand back to back and conquer, but two Two standing together, two that you've got other people and you're doing life together, man, you can go through the hard times and you can be attacked, but as long as you got somebody with you, you can conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hear me, you are not the exception to the rule. All that happens when you say I'm better or I'm best alone is you become a victim to your exception. You're you're not meant, man, when God created man, he said this, he created Eve because he realized it's not good for man to be alone. You're not meant to do this alone and isolated. Don't do it alone. Don't let your insecurities keep you from community. Man, understand we are better together and don't listen to that lie of isolation. Another lie we listen to is I have enough friends so I don't need any more, right? I got enough friends, so I don't, who says that, first of all, right? Like, I've I've actually heard, like, this be an excuse, and I won't say their names, Um, but, um, like, I I meet with pastors, like, man, we just can't get people to connect into connect groups or community groups or whatever you want to call them, small groups, because people just think they've got enough friends, and I'm like, that's crazy to me. Like, you know what, I've got too much of a good thing. Like, that's, if you're giving away free ice cream and me turning it down because, you know what, I've already had some. No, I'm going to commit gluttony on that bad boy. It's free, right? (laughs) Like, it's too much of a good thing. Example, Chloe and I, on her 10-year-old trip, we went to Disneyland. Me and her were in Space Mountain Roller Coaster, which is one of the greatest rides on its own. But here's what made it cool, and this is the nerd part of me that's coming out right now. They changed the whole ride to a Star Wars theme with Star Wars music in it. With TIE Fighters chasing you, it was absolutely epic and awesome, whether you like Star Wars or not. And so we're going through, and we've waited like an hour to ride it, but totally worth it when we get to the end, right? We look at each other like, wow, here's what happens. They start getting ready to send us through again without making us get off. And me and Chloe are like, oh my gosh, like totally geeking out. And this little weenie in the front starts waving his arms. He's 20 years old. And I think he was wearing a scarf. Who wears a scarf on a roller coaster? This guy does because he's a loser. And he starts waving his arms like, I don't want to go again. I don't want. And I thought Chloe was going to lose her mind. She starts like degrading the guy in the back. What is wrong with you? Like, who, who does that? Who waves their arms? You get off. Just fall out. Like, we're going to go. Like, because they led us to a little track on the side and made us all get out. We're like, what? And we're all glad. I'm like, way to blow up for us all, bro. Way to go, bro. Um, I see you. Um, but anyways, um, who does that? Probably the same guy that says, I've got enough friends, right? Same type of dynamic. And, and here's the deal. You and I were created to have friendships, to have relationships. And the Bible says this in Philippians chapter two, verse three through four, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. And you know exactly what the Bible's talking about on this, right? Like the guy that comes into the room and he's too cool to talk to everybody, so he just pulls out his cell phone. He's like, yeah, I'm really important. Anyways, um, don't try to impress others. 
Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. And verse four, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. This is what Paul is telling the church in Philippi. He's saying, you know what? Take, it's not just about you, but it's about others. And so maybe you don't need any more friends, but maybe somebody needs you as their friend. So don't listen to the lie of isolation that I've got enough friends, I don't need any more, because somebody may need you to take an interest in them and what they need. The third thing is this, the third lie is this. I'm married, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm married, <laughs> so I'm good. Hear me. Man, I, I hope you are so in love with your spouse, you, it hurts your body to be apart from them. Some of you are already throwing up. Um, <laughs> You're like, it's just the moment they walk out the door, I just ache inside. And this is the guy talking, not the girl. Um, you know, this is, <laughs> you're like, I just, I just don't want to spend any time with anybody else because they just, they, they, they complete me. It's, it's what a movie would say, but they really do, Justin. It's really true in the sense, of, and, 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 and that's you, and, and you just think, oh, no, there's no way we could spend time with other people because we're just so in love, and I just want to sit and look into her eyes and look into his eyes for the rest of my life. Give it three more months. Um, that's all I'm just going to say. Give it three more months. Hear me. Your spouse was not meant to be the meet all of your needs. They're not meant to meet every single one of your needs. It was never created that way. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, first off, that you base your relationship on. Your spouse is there to meet a whole lot of your needs, and they're there to complement your life, but not to complete your life. You've got to have others around you as a married couple that is pushing you and helping you get better, because while everything is good and great and wonderful, hear me, even the great marriages, man, even even the thriving marriages, there's times you go through hard things. And what do you do when you've got no one around you to talk to, to give counsel, to give advice? And this is what I love about the Word of God. When it says this in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal. Loyal. It means they're not talking about your issues. They're not talking about you. They're not talking about what you're going through. They're talking to you. They're not just telling you what you want to hear, but they are loyal. And a brother is born in a time of need. Man, the great marriages that have made it for the long haul, they've had community around them. They've had others around them. You, you're not meant as a married couple to do life alone on your own. Man, find the community that God has for you. And then there's one other lie. And this one I put in 30 minutes before the message so they don't have it up there. Here's what I would tell you, man, I, I, this whole message, I'm just like, I got to say this and this and this, but, but here's what I would tell you. Stop having a pity party and convincing yourself nobody would want to hang out with you and that you don't fit anywhere. That, that's, a lot of us, we stay isolated because we're like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, like, who'd want to hang out with me? You know, like... I just, I, I'm not married, or I'm not, I don't, I'm not rich, or I don't have a pool, or I don't, you know, I'm kind of awkward in conversations. Come on. I love awkward people because I don't know what to say. And I'm just like, this is really weird right now, isn't it? I lean into it. Um, here's the deal. 
I love this church. I, you know what I love about Foundation Church? It's not full of a bunch of rich people. It's not full of just white people, African-American people, Hispanic people, Korean people. It is full of rich. It's full of poor. It's full of educated. It's full of uneducated. It's full of people who have never tasted drugs. It's full of people who are celebrating one year's cleanup drugs. It is full of sinners. It is full of saints. It is the church that God has created. It is diverse, and there is a place for you You've just got to stop listening to the lies of isolation because this church is always going to stay different and it's always going to stay diverse because that's how heaven's going to be. That's how it's going to be. So how do we find community? How do we get better together? First thing is this. You stop waiting for the perfect church. It doesn't exist. Instead, jump in and get involved. Stop waiting for the perfect church. It doesn't exist. Instead, jump in and get involved. I hear people all the time say, man, I just, I'm looking for a New Testament church. For real? Because when I read the Bible, that New Testament church was messed up. Right? The widows got neglected, and the widows, like, have this uprising. They're like, hey, hey, pay attention. You know, you guys forgot about us. The apostles are like, yep, that's on us. That's on us. Sorry, we'll get to you. We're going to sign some guys. It's the original quilting ministry, right? We'll sign some guys to make sure we're taking care of the quilting ministry. Um, here it is. The, the, Paul is getting in fights with Peter. Paul is getting, Paul's kind of a problem maker. Paul was getting in fights with Barnabas and John Mark because John Mark left him and Paul and Silas get together. There was a stepmom sleeping with her stepson. I mean, there's all kinds. You're like, really? That's in the Bible. That's the New Testament church. Paul's talking to all these people about this stuff. Hear me. The church has always been imperfect. And since Foundations Church has started, I have been the pastor since day one. It has been imperfect since day one because look at me. I can't even keep buttons on my shirt. I mean, it's messed up. We are not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. I am not perfect. I want to be the best pastor I can be, but there's going to be moments and there's going to be times where, man, I just miss it, not on purpose, but I'm just not perfect, and that's the church. There's no perfect church. There's no perfect body of Christ because it's made of imperfect people. And thank God, thank God it's made up of imperfect people. Here's the purpose of the church. And here's what Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews tells us. In Hebrews chapter 10, he says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. This is the job. As believers of Christ, our job is to think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. Not gossip, not talk about one another. This, 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 nowhere in the Bible do you find a verse that says it's okay to talk about one another, it's okay to gossip about one another, because it's always destructive. Foundation Church, you do a great job at this. Gossip has no place in the body of Christ. We're to pray for one another, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. This is the purpose of the church, not to compete with one another, not to, not to get along with you if your kid's not better at my kid at something, right? Because then when your kid's better than my kid, I'm like, oh, great, now I'm insecure, 
what am I going to do here? I don't know to be happy with you or if I need to be concerned with my kid. Get over yourself. Stop it. Right? Just stop it. We, I, I remember growing up in the church, we had somebody leave the church because somebody brought them KFC for their funeral dinner, like, to their house instead of a home-cooked meal. I'm like, bro, I don't see nothing wrong. Have you ever had the mashed potatoes and gravy and that biscuit? Like that biscuit, right? Like, clean up on aisle three with all the gravy. Like, come on. <laughs> Bring KFC to my house. I'll eat it and be like, thank you. Um, but here's the reality. I truly believe this in my heart, and there's, there's a TV show I watch all the time. It's called America's Got Talent. I don't know if you watch it. Yeah, somebody does. And there's this, there's this moment. I always had to get up and walk into another room because I almost cry every time. Um, I almost cry. The golden buzzer moment, man, I'm like, mm, you know, I'm just, I'm like growling. I'm like, uh, I'm hungry. I need a peanut butter sandwich um, with onions. Oh, the onions are making me cry, right? Um, I, 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 I because... <coughs> All of a sudden, these people hit this golden buzzer and this confetti's flying down and people are celebrating this person and they're having this moment. Can I tell you, that's what the church is supposed to be, is that we are creating golden buzzer moments for people that come in here and we're celebrating them. We're celebrating Jamie and PJ. We're celebrating that new adoption. We're celebrating, man, something even small. Your kid making the basketball team. You getting a new car. You moving. Man, we're there in the hard time and the good times, but we're celebrating one another and making golden buzzer moments happen. But here's the deal. Only you can make you get involved. I can't do it. Man, we've got Sunday morning services, absolutely. We've got connect groups. We've got stuff for your teenagers, stuff for your kids. We've got a men's ministry and a women's ministry, but the only one that can make you engage in community is you. But here's what I've noticed. For a lot of us, it's a lot easier to watch and gripe than get involved in change. It's a lot easier to watch and gripe. Well, the church doesn't have this. Thank God for John and Krista Holland and the attitude they had. They tried to lead a connect group. It kind of fell flat. They came to our connect group. It was weird because there was one guy that never buttoned his shirt. I mean, there's, you know, there's kind of a, and there were, I was, I was like, bro, Go. These things had to be a weird breakup, like, I don't know what to say to you anymore, because it was it you or me? Like, I, I don't, you know, it was me. I know it was me. Um, no. They didn't just, they, they was like, man, okay, we're going to find something, and instead of complaining about it, we're going to do something to be what we would love to have within the church. That's what we're supposed to do. Not just to gripe, but, well, there's just no place for me. That's the lies of isolation, the, the godly thing, the biblical thing, is say, you know what, I, don't, I haven't found my place, so I'm gonna make my place. Because if I'm feeling this way, there's probably somebody else that's feeling this way because we're not a perfect church. And we never will be a perfect church, but we get a lot closer to that when we become the church and we stop waiting for it to be perfect and stop griping and instead we get involved and we become the change. Last thing I would say is this. You aren't near the threat alone as you are with others. I love this. You aren't near the threat alone. You aren't near, the th- you aren't near as powerful as God has designed and destined you to be alone as you are when you're with others. Bible says this, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, 
So a friend sharpens a friend. I am a firm believer that the right people make all the difference. The right people at the right time make all the difference. And the question you have to ask today is this. The people I'm surrounding myself with, are they sharpening me? Sharpening me? Beep, 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 beep. Are they dulling me? Some of us are like, well, I'm pretty dull. I don't know if it's somebody else's fault. Are they (laughs) sharpening you or are they dulling you? Are they pushing you forward or are they holding you back? Because as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens one another. Bad company corrupts good character. We say it to our teenagers all the time, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Adults, hear me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Man, you're not near the, I believe every single one of us that we, we are supposed to live lives that when we wake up in the morning and our feet hit the ground, Satan starts getting nervous. I do, because he has made you more than a conqueror, not by yourself, but through Jesus Christ, your king, and you become a whole lot more powerful and have a whole lot more impact when you're not trying to be the lone ranger, but you got Tonto with you. When you've got somebody that is doing life with you, you are way more of a threat because the right person at the right time makes all the difference. This past week, we had a something go wrong with our pool, and I'm like, well, I'm not fixing that. I can't fix it. I don't know how to fix it, so pool guy. And so pool guy comes over. He's like, hey, do you have any tools? I'm like, <laughs> good question. Next, because um, I was like, He's like, I need this certain tool. I'm like, I don't, I don't have it. He's like, but you didn't even look. I'm like, I'm telling you, I don't have it. Um, and so he's like, well, I'm gonna have to drive over, get it from my associate and drive back. He knew how to fix it, but he had to have the right tool. And once he got the right tool, it made all the difference. And what was true of him is true of the right people in your life at the right time. Man, it makes all the difference. Allow those that are around you to sharpen you. The last thing is this, you don't attend church, you are the church. This is huge. You're like, well, what am I in right now, right? (laughs) But church was, the church, when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he wasn't talking about this building. Hopefully we grow out of this building, we're trying to. We keep trying to look for new places to move to, right? That's the goal, it's to keep growing and reaching people, to be the found that find. That's why we're doing FC Summer Days. But hear me, church was never meant to be about a building. It's always meant to be about people. You don't attend church, you are the church. And we're the church of God. And this, we are what Jesus is talking about, that the gates of hell can't prevail against you. Man, when we're in the same mind and on the same mission, going after the same thing that God's called us to. Look at us. Man, we built seven churches in Africa in under two years. There's something powerful that happens when we are moving in the same direction with other people because we are better together. Let me end with this. Romans chapter 12. Paul is talking to the church in Rome. I love this because if you were a Roman at this time, you were something. I mean, you were the cool kid in the cafeteria. Everybody wanted to sit at your table, right? He's talking to all the cool kids right now. And he's talking to the church in Rome. He says this, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. 
If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. I love that Paul is saying, man, every, you're not called to be a clone. All of you are going to have different gifts, different abilities, different talents. Use them for God's kingdom. Stop trying to be like one another and just be the person God has called you to be because that's when the church is powerful. Verse 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. We have a culture that doesn't honor one another anymore. As a church, we're supposed to honor one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud. I love this, to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I pray that this passage in Rome and Romans would be the reality of what happens here at Foundations Church. The people are putting into practice the talents, the giftings, the abilities that you have given them. But Lord, that community is being built. And that Lord, you don't have to be a certain type of person for us to enjoy being around you. But we would not consider ourselves too important to enjoy the company of ordinary people, but that would be us. As I said in Philippians, that we wouldn't just be concerned with our own interests, but we would be concerned with the interest of others. Jesus, that's what you did. That's why you came down here to earth, because we couldn't fix ourselves. It wasn't that you were concerned with your own good. You were concerned with the salvation of mankind. And you came to earth so that we could spend eternity with you. And so, God, I pray today that if we're in this place and we feel alone, Man, if we're here and we feel isolated, that God, we'd stop listening to the lies. We'd stop talking ourselves into that there's no place for me. God, that we'd stop looking for a perfect church. And God, we would just be the church and we would get involved where we're at. And God, I pray that we would realize, man, one can be conquered easily, but two standing back to back. Man, they can conquer. I pray move in us. Help us to be doers of your word. God, as it said, man, the fool listens to your words and don't apply it. And when the storm comes in, it wipes it away. But the wise man listens to your word, puts it into practice. And when the winds and the rains come, the house is still standing because it was built on a good, firm foundation. It's in Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, you know what? You're talking about foundations. Talking about a faith that will last. 
And I'm here, and, and, and just the reality is, I'm not where I need to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to give you a chance to change that. This morning, you may never have asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life. You may be watching online right now, right in your living room, right in your kitchen, and just say, man, man, I'm just not where I should be. And maybe you've never made that choice, or maybe you have and you've just drifted away. And you know you're not where you should be. You know things aren't right. Can I tell you, your foundation will never be firm and it will never be right if your relationship with Jesus Christ isn't right. So this morning, when I count to three, I'm gonna invite you to do, if that's you, to just to raise your hand. We're gonna lead you in a prayer to change your life. We're not gonna embarrass you. In fact, more than anything, this is something to be excited about, to take your next step. Just raise your hand and we'll lead you in a prayer that will change your life at the count of three. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. There's one, there's two. Is there anyone else you join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service? I see your hand. Is there anyone else you join these three hands that are lifted? Is there anyone else? Before we go any further, just say, man, that's, that's just me. Where I'm at is not where I should be, and there's just a change that needs to happen before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I repent of the life that I was living. I I turn from the life that I was living and I turn to you, God, and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm gonna live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv. that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.